It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Four straight, but in the wrong direction as the Washington Commanders drop another winnable game. Group therapy time coming up right now live from FedEx Field on the Locked On Commanders podcast. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast, covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. And of course, thank you for making us your first listener, your first view every single day, especially on game days when you join us live, usually from FedEx Field, not usually with good news. But in the meantime, I'm David Harrison. My co-host right here is Chris the Rooster. Russell, both of us credential media covering your commanders. Chris is doing it for the Team 980, where you can find Heat and Pete Medhurst uh, live 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time or anytime on the Odyssey app. And, of course, me, you can find me at Commander Country, where I write for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. All right. We're here at FedEx <laughs> Field. Sorry, I forgot to turn on my microphone. I get it right, guys. You know? Nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. The Commanders drop a fourth straight game heading to Chicago, uh, this time in heartbreaking fashion. I mean, the last couple of losses obviously have not been that way. 21-17, the final score here in Landover, Maryland. Uh, but, David, as as we get into the, the root of, of what happened today, a couple of big picture items that make up our main storyline. Once again, too many mistakes. Again, uh, penalties. Costly turnover at the end, which we're going to break down in full detail, and then some questionable clock management, uh, challenge usage of timeouts by Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders. Those are our kind of big picture items, if you will. But, David, we have to start at the very end. On the final play of Sunday's game, Carson Wentz throws an interception from the uh, Tennessee two-yard line, and the game is over. And it there's so many things to unpack on one specific play. And I know you and I have been talking about it since yeah. literally the game ended. So let's get right to it. What did you see? Yeah. So, I mean, literally, like you said, as soon as the game is over, we kind of had a quick powwow right. before we went downstairs to the press conference and locker room session and, and immediately had a disagreement. And I talked to uh, one of the other media members here on the way down to the locker room, mm -hmm. and he and I agreed. But then I immediately heard David Aldridge during the press conference with Ron Rivera say, well, of course you're not going to do exactly what – I and this other person think that should have been done. So it's definitely a topic that's going to be up for debate and something that people are going to be talking about uh, is exactly what happened, not just during the very last play of the game, or, or well, technically the last play, but the last offensive play of the game for the Washington Commanders, but really that entire sequence, right? So you go down uh, to to how the Washington Commanders got to the two-yard line in the first place. Christian Fulton, defense back for the Tennessee Titans, call for pass interference uh, against Terry McLaurin, puts the ball right there in prime position, 19 seconds. The problem is, because of some of these other issues that we've we've kind of touched on here, the the challenges and, and, the, and the time management and timeout management and all that, 19 seconds, balls on the two-yard line, but there's no timeouts left. Now, I nudged you immediately when, when, the, when the flag was down there. Now, 
granted, I thought the flag was going to put the ball like right on the one, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So it's a little bit closer, but really, I mean, you're talking about a distance three feet, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in the NFL, it's, it's, it's a lot. Three feet is a lot of, of ground to cover. I nudged you immediately and said, Brian Robinson Jr., game-winning mm-hmm. touchdown. Like, can, can you script it any better than it was scripted, you know, for the Washington Commanders? They come out of uh, the huddle for the first play, first down, first goal from the two-yard line. J.D. McKissick's in the, back, in the backfield. Tennessee Titans coach Mike Vrabel calls a timeout. They want to talk about it. They come out. Washington Commanders line up in essentially the same formation, if not the exact same formation. I didn't chart the formation before the timeout, so I don't know if it's the exact same. Either way, J.D. McKissick lines up in the backfield again uh, with Carson Wentz. And what we end up seeing is pass plays and ultimately an interception by Tennessee Titans linebacker David Long. Now, what led to this to this whole thing? Uh, again, you talk about the penalties and some of these things that reared their ugly heads for the commanders. Uh, again, penalties killed the commanders for the Dallas Cowboys uh, a week ago, as we as we all know. Early in the game, like let's rewind a little bit, actually, and talk about early momentum. Right, We keep talking about this team starting fast and getting points on the board as, to, as part, a way to help the defense. Uh they had, they had a couple of penalties, one to get an eight-yard run on first down, which was Brian Robinson on Jr.'s Brian first Robinson carry Jr. of the game of the second season. Drive of the game. Second drive of the game. So they go from second and two mm-hmm. to first and, and 20. I think it was a hold, so yep. first and 20. Uh, end up punting the ball away. Third, They go three and out instead of second and two, mm-hmm. most likely a first down. Uh, and then they had another penalty that gave the Tennessee Titans a new set of downs on third down that would have gotten them off the field. So, again, just kind of shooting themselves uh, in the foot, and then we get down to this last-minute situation where you hope to not even be in the need to have this. And Chris, I think they should have tried running on first down. So I'm interested to see where the chat's going to go on this. I think they should have tried a run. Now I've got a specific run that I think they should have tried, and and this other media member and, and I uh, discussed this. But I want to hear first and foremost because I know you already disagree with me. Yeah. But I think they should have tried to go in there with a run. I'll dive deeper. But initially, just what were your thoughts? All right. Normally, I was going to say, I, I like to run the football. Okay. So normally, I wouldn't disagree with you. Here's my problem. With 19 seconds left, no timeouts. I'm not going to trust this operation, which literally cannot help throwing up all over itself half the time, to get it right, to run the football. Maybe you don't get the touchdown, right? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Not get the touchdown, then get back to the line of scrimmage, David, and either run another play in the waning seconds or spike the ball, not take a penalty, not have a 10-second runoff, not have another uh, you know, horrific mistake being made, which is what they do. Uh, I could not take that chance if I'm Ron Rivera with no timeouts left and, again, under 20 seconds. Now, I think the problem is, and this is where Commanders fans are going to go nuts, right? Not only what happens on the final couple of plays, the final couple of throws, because you could make an argument Carson Wentz should have been intercepted on first, second, and ultimately on that final play on the third down uh, throw, but you could make an argument he should have probably lost the game maybe on the first down play, which was a lollipop pass to the back part of the end zone, which Tennessee actually did intercept, but the guy was out of bounds by a half step. I'm going to say this. The commanders took over at like 435 left on the clock, down by four, and they ran 18 plays that counted. 18 plays that counted. Two penalties, which were no plays on the commanders, and one no play, the penalty, the defensive pass interference that you were talking about. So it was really 21 plays, but again, three don't count. 18 plays, no points. Now, you used all three of your timeouts on that drive, one on a challenge of a Cam Sims, what looked live, like a spectacular catch. They didn't overturn it. Maybe if they would have called it a catch on the field, 
I can't kill Ron Rivera for challenging that. That's a big spot. That's a third down situation. If you don't get the first down there, you've got to go for it on fourth down, which is exactly right. what they did. And they were able to run it. JD, uh, J JD McKissick, Ryan Robinson had two key first down conversions, one on the fourth down right after the Cam Sims challenge and one on a second down. Anyway, they matriculate the ball down the field, right? But they hurt themselves with the penalties, the near turnovers, the everything. And then on the final play, and this is, again, you know, like you wanted to run. I understand why you wanted to run. They weren't able to run the football effectively all day. So that's part of why they can't run it. In addition to the clock machinations, right? But then on top of that, David, on the final play, and this is where I want to leave you in, is I think that Carson Wentz, Maybe he should have seen Terry McLaurin before he gets bumped off of his route. It looks like he's looking certainly in that general direction. Now you contend, what, that he's staring solely and, and, and exclusively at J.D. McKissick out of the backfield, whereas to me it looked like, and when I slowed it down, it looked like he should have seen Terry McLaurin. Now maybe that's not option number one on the play, but you know what? No. I'm going to Terry in that spot. And I know Terry gets bumped off his route, but Terry was open initially. And if that's the design, I don't love the design there. Yeah. I want Terry to get that target, period. However, I've got to get it. Yeah. So we're going to dive into this a little bit more here. Obviously, like I said, the, the way that this game ended uh, is a big topic of conversation. So we're going to get into this here a little bit more in the next segment. Before we do that, and before we dive a little bit more into the run versus pass situation and what actually happened on the pass play, uh, that was called because obviously that's the decision that was made. We do have uh, a friend of the show that needs to get a message out to the good people. Absolutely. And that's prize picks. I tried to tell you about it, but uh, maybe my microphone uh, failed me uh, like Carson Wentz failed the commanders in the end. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, mistakes happen again. What's prize picks? Well, they're essentially daily fantasy sports with a twist. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to pick between two and five individual players to go more or less than their prize pick projections just like i did last monday night you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry last week david i didn't win 10 times my money but i won seven dollars and 50 cents i'm rich on the monday night game between san francisco and la a four-player flex they have all sorts of options you can take any position any player any sport it doesn't have to just be the nfl it could be uh, of course uh, the nba it could be major league baseball uh with the playoffs in full swing uh college football am i doing it again I don't know what's going on here. Uh, anyway, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe and fast withdrawals, currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix is going to give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix is going to give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on. Be better than me at sign up and sign up for your instant deposit match for up to $100. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view each and every day. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL's local experts. That would be us. Give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football. Plus, you get betting advice from the field's leading experts, our friends at Bet Online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so continuing on the final play, uh, yeah. you have a very different spin on it th than I am, which I think right. is more than fair. So I want to turn it over to you. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? Just And you can be honest. You can tell me yeah. I'm nuts for thinking that Terry McLaurin should be number one on that particular play. And even if he's not, for crying out loud, can we improvise? Can we can we can we try and get the ball to Terry McLaurin? Please. <laughs> so I totally see where you're coming from, but I want to go back real quick to the run versus pass. Right. Going back to the first know, down, uh, first and goal from the two yard line, 19 seconds. Again, no timeouts. So you, you're in a dire situation, right? right? Um, and, and you know, listen, no, like nobody's really wrong. What's what's wrong is the fact that what they did didn't work. So anybody who says to do something different mm -hmm. is going to automatically seem to be more correct sure. because you know you don't know you what would have happened in my alternate right. dimension. I mean, in my alternate dimension, perhaps you hand the ball to Brian Robinson and for some reason he fumbles. Sure. And now his first game in the NFL is actually mired in a fumble that maybe gets returned for a touchdown. You never know what's going to actually happen. But just from a philosophical standpoint, right? And I try to stay away from the terms of I would have done. ABC because I've never been an NFL coach. I've never been close to being an NFL coach. I've never been interviewed to be an NFL coach. So I don't like to say I would have done what I like to say is what I would like to see the team do in the future because I'm an observer, right? That's what I'm here to do. So what I would like to observe them do in the future is run the ball. You know, and look, Ron Rivera was talked was asked about this uh out of out of this specific context, right? But you remember so they run a play uh earlier, they call a timeout, you have to run another play, you call a timeout. So that's how you burn your timeouts. And he was asked about calling two plays at once in the huddle. Uh, to Carson Wentz, and, and basically his answer once they got around to uh, the final answer was no, they didn't do that, and that's not something that they decided to do in that moment. So this is kind of where I'm coming from. So for me, when you come out in the shotgun formation, right, literally it's right over here over my shoulders, uh, you, you line up, and if you guys go back and watch the play, the Tennessee Titans come out on their base front, so they've got four down linemen, uh, three or four actually, don't, don't quote me on that, but three or four, either way there's gaps in there, and you have a quarterback who is like six foot, 17 inches, super tall, Known as a tough guy, right? Not not a super athletic guy, but you're you're talking about two yards here. Check into a run, and I'm talking a quarterback draw. And honestly, I would probably like Jonathan Williams in that situation, but he's on the sideline. He had a knee injury and was right, ruled out right. for, for the game at that point in time. I would love Brian Robinson Jr. in that situation. I'm gonna get to that here in a minute. But even if you don't, even if you just put your quarterback up there, you tell your offensive line, push the line of scrimmage, move, get us six yards and let Carson Wentz, or you can get us five and a half and let Carson Wentz do the other six inches. Do it. If you don't make it, the line of scrimmage is literally where you're laying. The ball is right where it's got to be. Everybody stands up. You let the referee place the ball. If you're lucky, maybe you get a penalty. It stops the clock for, for delay a game on the defense, trying to lay on guys or something like that. And you have a second play called. Maybe it's another run. Maybe it's a play action boot. Maybe it's a pass play. Whatever it is, you have a second play run. So on first down, you're trying to run the ball. If you don't make it in, the line of scrimmage is right where you're laying. You stand up. You let the ref set the ball because we learned that lesson in Dallas last year, right? And then you run your second play. If it's a pass play or a spike, the clock is dead. You come back with your next best play. So that's that's kind of point number one. And I don't think we're ever going to agree on it. So I'm just basically throwing all this information out there for those of you who are going to have this argument at work tomorrow. You can use whatever ammo from Chris or I uh, that you agree with that you want to go with. 
The second part is, Ron Rivera said in his press conference, when Brian Robinson Jr. was in the game, the Titans were going all out, basically just going after him all out, which feeds your point. Nine carries, 22 yards for Brian in his first game back, 2.4 yards per average, not a good rushing average for Brian overall, right? If I know the Tennessee Titans are going all out after Brian Robinson, again, you go to the situation, right? What did I do? I nudge you immediately. I said, Brian Robinson, game-winning touchdown. What a story. Hollywood couldn't script it any better. What are the Titans going to be thinking? put Brian Robinson in there, they're going to be thinking the exact same thing. So what's a perfect play call for that situation? Play action. You do it, play action with Brian Robinson up the middle. You move the pocket to the right or the left. You bring a tight end like Cole Turner over there with you. Again, in my scenario, right, it's going to work out perfectly and beautifully and the Washington Commanders are going to win this game. Is it going to work if they actually execute it? Do they even have that in their playbook? We don't see a lot of pocket movement from this offense. But those are two other things. Those are kind of two of the things that I'm looking at. Uh, before we talk about the actual play, which I think is more important, so I'll give you a quick second right. to react. But I don't let's. I don't think we need to debate too much because okay. I don't think I'm we're going to get gonna either make, end I'm to make agree. This very yeah. quick. The, where, where I agree with you is yeah. making it look like a run and then passing out of it off of play yeah. action, even if you don't want to do play action because they're not a great play action team. Make it look like a run. Bring in twelve personnel. Bring in thirteen personnel. Bring in Brian Robinson, like you said, in the backfield and run a pass play out of it. Instead, right. they looked all pass spread, J.D. McKissick in the backfield, boom, and they knew pass, pass, pass. Yeah, J.D. is your receiving back. That, yep. That's what he's in there. I mean, he yep. gets some carries, but that's what he is right. in there for. We had a comment earlier saying that the, the, that the team never really committed to the run today like they did against oh. the Dallas Cowboys, and I agree with that. You can't, you can't use the run as a threat if you don't establish the run in the first place. Now, the actual play in question. Yes. So first question, first topic. Get the ball to Terry McLaurin. Absolutely. He's your number one wide receiver for a reason. He's your star wide receiver. You need to have something in your repertoire. Listen, if it's first and 10, first 15, first and 20, first and five because of a defensive penalty, we need to have plays for Terry. If it's second and five, 10, 15, 20, we need to have plays designed for Terry. You get where I'm going with this. Every scenario in the playbook, you need to have something designed for Terry McLaurin. That's what you pay your stars for. That's what number 17 wants. Now on the play in question, so where I was sitting, which is right next to you, just so happens that basically the direction that Carson went through that ball, guys, is exactly like if if he were to elevate up to the second second level of the stadium where the press box is and throw that ball, he'd have thrown it right at my face. When the ball got snapped, I'm immediately watching Carson Wentz. Why? Because what we've been talking about, guys, for the last few weeks, he likes to stick on a read and he likes to telegraph his throws. So I'm looking for him because, again, JD is in there, so I'm expecting pass. I'm not expecting run. Just like the Tennessee Titans were expecting run, right? right. Tennessee well, Titans point, immediately. No well, at that point, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah it would have made no sense. But the Tennessee Titans immediately drop in zone. Carson immediately looks over to his left. From my read, looks like he's reading JD out of the, out of the backfield immediately, and never moves. And I literally said in, internally because we're all watching the play, so there is no like in game, in during the play conversation, right? Mm -hmm. But in my own head, I'm waiting for him to come off the look. And I'm literally saying to myself, you got to come off the look. You can't just stick at that point in time on one look. He fires it to the exact same place he was looking at the entire time. Uh, the ball gets intercepted. I did physically what I think he did mentally, which was – and that was all she wrote. Without knowing exactly what, who was number one on the play, again, what you're saying makes sense, that it looks like he's looking at J.D. McKissick. But I can make the argument that, again, it looks like he's looking at Terry McLaurin initially and, and quickly scans just to the left after Terry clears out and settles on McKissick, who then settles into the zone out of the backfield, right? Listen, we can determine we, we can debate this from now until kingdom come. The bottom line is they're never going to tell us who is number one on the play. Right. They're never going to tell us what exactly.
exactly he was supposed to do and not do? Was Terry trying to clear out? I don't know. Was he supposed to go to Terry? We don't know. We can battle this all day long. My point being, David, is that, well, let me just say this. A great quarterback, I think, is going to make that play and make that throw and, you know, eight out of 10 times, maybe nine out of 10 times. And to me, if it if it goes incomplete, I still got one more play because there was, I think, nine, seven or eight seconds left on the clock. I still have fourth down, one more play. But by throwing it into then double coverage because the linebacker sinks down uh, in, 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 in front of J.D. McKissick, that's the problem. You don't give yourself a second chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um... So what we agree on is find a way to get Terry the ball. Like in that situation, you need to find a way yep. to get Terry. Or Cam Sims. Say. I don't know if it was the final play, but it was either the final play or the play before that. Cam Sims came off the field. I thought that was yeah. absolutely uh, insane. Thing, uh, Curtis Hamuel apparently was open on the on the right side yes, of the formation I saw on that, that final as well. play. I haven't seen that. I didn't see the play. Enough. I saw okay. other people yeah. talking about right, it as exactly. well. So listen, guys. We know some of you are losing patience with this team. Some of you have already lost patience with this team, and I applaud you for sticking for or sticking through five weeks of this uh, as much as you had. But we've got some silver linings we're, we're going to bring up here in, in just a minute. Yes, we do. One of those silver linings, of course, is the best-tasting protein bar you're ever going to have if you give them a shot. Absolutely. If you guys haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. You know, you can't always get a commander's win, but you could get a Built Bar Puff and take your misery away. And guess what? Uh, they have a new flavor. It's indulgent cookie dough. Who doesn't love cookie dough covered in chocolate? That's right. Built Bar has done it again. Let me introduce you guys uh, to, again, a new favorite. They sent us a sample box. They are delish. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, uh, real cookie dough chunks, just like all the built products. They are wonderful and they are healthy for you. Uh, loaded in protein, 15 grams of protein, as a matter of fact, the collagen protein uh, that breaks down very easily, low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, low in all the bad stuff, high in taste and quality just like Built does. And again, like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is again covered in 100% silky smooth chocolate. So it's wonderful for the taste buds. So here's what you're going to do, guys. Go to Built.com and use the promo code Locked on 15 that's locked on 15 to get 15% off your order at Built.com. Again, use that promo code Locked on 15 if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, wrapping up this live episode of the Locked On Commanders Podcast, live here from FedEx Field, where the Washington Commanders just dropped their third straight game to go one and four. Just we'll do it again in four days. Yeah. Three days if you're listening or watching this post live on Monday, which we appreciate you uh, as well. We'll do this again in three days from Chicago. Chicago. I will be in Chicago. I love Chicago. So it's going to be a great trip no matter what happens mm -hmm. in the game. I do love the city. I love Chicago deep dish pizza. Chicago, I that's... do not love Soldier Field. I'm just going to say. I enjoy Soldier Field. It's okay. It's all right. And and listen, I mean, 
<laughs> the Bears and the Commanders on Thursday night doesn't exactly uh, get the fire stoked. If following, I'm being following the Colts and Broncos amazing <laughs> appearance. All right, guys. So we're looking for silver linings here for the Washington Commanders. Not even for the Washington Commanders. They're going to find their own silver linings. We're looking for silver linings for you guys, right? Because we do this show for you. We, we want you to enjoy it. We want you to have some fun with it. That's why we try to keep things a little light, even when things aren't going try. so well. So here is my silver lining. Mm -hmm. We did see offensive improvements. Yes, we did. We did. Granted, they didn't come in, in the chunks that maybe you would want, right? And they didn't come consistently. And they didn't, you know, there were definitely regressions and there were moments. Andrew Norwell did not have a very good sequence Ooh. there. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh. I'm not even, you know Sorry. what? We're going to move on. There's something else I wanted to say. I'm not going to say it. Um, Andrew <laughs> Norwell. I'm very just rough. over here making primal weird noises about yeah. how bad Andrew Norwell. Two drives back to back. Right. I think he had four terrible plays in yeah. those two drives. Yeah. Uh, we we put them all on the, you know at LO Commanders and at D Harrison eighty two and I you know I was trying to keep up with it. Uh, it's just it, there's no other way to describe it other than he, it was uh, right now he's overmatched. Yeah. He's overmatched. That's not ugly. a silver lining, but maybe the silver lining is is Chris Paul perhaps the rookie we'll seventh see. round pick. We we'll will see. we will absolutely. I feel I feel like we're going to see that sooner rather than later. And that's actually the other silver lining is we're finally starting to see some accountability, right? Yeah. And listen, this is something we talked about last year is when coaches start calling players out by name, and I know they've stopped doing that, right? But we heard Chase Young was alluded to last year. You know, some other guys were alluded to last year. We've heard about Deron Payne's effort issue sometimes, which, by the way, I think Deron is having a very good season for himself, mm -hmm. you know, very quietly because mm -hmm. of everything going on, but I think a very good season. Um, and then Jamin Davis got a, got a, a lot of it earlier this year. Now, they again, they've backed away from doing that, but – what we said back then was if you're going to start calling players out by name, that's basically your last straw. Like that's got to be the last warning shot before you're getting pulled off the field. William Jackson, the third got pulled off the field on mm -hmm. Sunday. Now mm -hmm. coach Rivera was asked about in the post game press conference, basically said they decided to make a change. He was pressed for more information. They said, we decided to make a change. The coaches decided to make a change, basically left it at that. William Jackson was asked about the situation in the locker room afterwards, basically said that his back injury that he's been dealing with act was acting up again. And he essentially realized that he couldn't perform at the height that he wanted to. And that's what happened. Right. I will leave you guys. Head coach had an opportunity to talk about a guy being injured. He was never announced as injured during the game or after the game. Mm -hmm. I will let you guys determine what you want from that. We've got more to come uh, on that later. I'm actually writing something up for Commander Country before I leave the stadium tonight. But when you start seeing players getting held accountable mm -hmm. and held accountable by losing reps, that, as much as it's frustrating because it means you're losing, that is a good thing because it hopefully will wake up the other guys who need a wake-up call. Well, it essentially happened last week in Dallas, too, with Trey Turner right, at right absolutely. guard and, and Seti Charles, and we'll see what happens with Andrew Norwell. And you mentioned the William Jackson situation. Listen, we don't have the time right now in this live edition uh, of LOC to get really deep, but I think uh, on our next edition, David, we should have the, the debate about whether William Jack – I mean, whether he's been used right, whether – it signified a divide between the head coach and the defensive coordinator when they signed him. And I have a lot of, I have a lot of theories, if you will, and maybe some data and some, some beliefs and some things that I've heard that we can revisit when we're talking about this in full length. But David's right. William Jackson, the third essentially got benched. Coach is not going to call it a benching. He's going to call it a change. WJ three says, ah, uh, you know, my back, David's right. They never made any announcement. There was many of opportunities to say, not, nah, you know what? His back was tight. He couldn't play. Remember, he missed a game two weeks ago, right? That was the back, right? So, 
again, there's something that could be there, but they never, ever, ever indicated that it was about his health. We'll get more into that. Here's my silver lining. Guys, the Bears aren't very good either. The commanders stink, facts. but the Bears aren't very good either. Facts about the Bears part, less facts about the commanders stinking part, although I, it's I hard mean, to argue. Listen, they're one in four. You are what you are, right? I, I mean, it's hard, you know, like close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. This is football. You got to find a way to win games that are winnable at home against a so-so mediocre offense. You've got to find a way, even though they did some things right. But the Bears aren't very good either. And this feels like a much better overall offensive and defensive performance, even with plenty of glitches, than we got the last two weeks against Dallas and Philadelphia. So the only thing you can hope for is that one and four, it doesn't become one and five and disastrous and that you get back to two and four, and then maybe you can put the pieces back together. Again, certainly not going to be a cakewalk, certainly yeah. not going to be easy, but that's the only thing you can hope for. And that's the yeah. only silver lining we can walk away with. Yeah, and I mean, look, you hope that, you know, the biggest thing that the Bears really have for them to threaten the commanders right now yep. is they have a mobile quarterback who can do some damage with his arm, kind of, and his legs. He's like two years ago, Jalen Hurts right. is basically what Justin Fields is right now. And, and the commanders res- bottled up now Jalen Hurts yes. pretty well. So they should be able to bottle up two years ago, Jalen Hurts, uh, in four days as we're live, three days if you're watching this or listening to this later. So that is a silver lining. Dami Brown, congratulations. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, if, if he happens to hear it or see it or someone tells him, congratulations. Two, two, first two career touchdown passes. And I know that he's been uh, wanting to get on the field, working his way on the field. So to get out there in his opportunity and ball out, you know, he said in the, in the locker room, Personally, very good game, but at the end of the day, the team lost, so it's, it puts a damper on it for sure. Congratulations to Brian Robinson for getting out there. Congratulations to Cole Turner for being active for his first NFL game. Not quite the connection we wanted for him and Carson Wentz, but still some good guys. Uh, shout out to everybody who, uh, I mean, so many. I can't possibly get them all, but DJ, we got a few mics out there. K Plaque, The Hawk TV, Santiago, who's who's been helping us. Uh, kind of kind of stay positive a little bit. Sorry, we appreciate God. all of you for uh, hanging out here with us and going through this group therapy session. The greatest part is free and available on all platforms. Absolutely. We indeed are. So thank you again, as David just said, for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and watch of the day. Uh, and always, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Now make your second listen and view the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson giving you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you've got your podcast. If you guys want to hop in, as you know, on the voicemail, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. Or if you want the email variety, it's Locked On Washington Commanders at gmail.com. Again, coming in, uh, coming up next episode, we will have reaction around Rivera's Monday afternoon press conference after he gets to watch the tape and more on William Jackson III and where this team goes from here besides to Chicago on a short week for Thursday night football for my partner David Harrison right here for uh, SI.com's Fan Nation and Commander Country. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Med Her Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Uh, if you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Don't you dare drive like a maniac. Don't be too depressed. It is just football, right? I know it's been a long 30 years for all of us. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.